0: you go over one more time exactly what happened?
1: Well, I was... You, you remember the fire uh, in Dry Gulch? Uh, the, the big old fire with all the uh, burning buildings and everything? Yes, Dale. I remember.
0: It wasn't that long ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well, I, when I was out there pouring all that water, me and Willie, it, it, when I was looking in that fire, I just could have sworn I'd i been in that fire before. It just seems so familiar, but I, other than that, I, in that moment, I can't recall any other towns burning down. I'm just... I'm uh, the, the woman wasn't there this time, but I,
0: it, it, felt the same. How many times would you have said this has happened to you before, Dale?
1: Well, I mean, the couple of times I've been here to talk to you about it, but uh, I don't know. It, it, it just happens sometimes. I, I, I can't, I can't really
0: keep count of it. Well, people, their, uh, their minds play tricks on them when they're stressed, my friend. And, uh, I mean, that was nothing if it wasn't a stressful situation. I wouldn't. I don't know that I would think too much about it.
2: Dale, the memory of a white wooden door flashes within your mind. You hear people chanting The Great Divider show us our guiding light O Lord Ornayas as you push the door open. Huh? You then remember your mother tied up And kneeling upon a wooden altar before reuben o'hara slashes his knife across your mother's throat she screams for you to run the image of your mother's eyes glowing bright white as a fiery inferno erupts from her body brands your vision as you remember running towards the mines the last thing you remember is a flash of bright blue light as you reach the mines and suddenly you are once again kneeling in the burning remains of doc lewis's office holding the stiff hand of Doc. Oliver Ray, through the searing pain of the burn upon your face, you are finally able to push aside the rafter, blocking the door into the main area of the doctor's office. You see Dale kneeling at Doc Lewis's body, with his eyes glowing a harsh, bright
0: white. <laughs> Dale, uh, we gotta go.
2: Uh, at that time, as uh, as Oliver Ray walks up to you and puts uh, his hand on your shoulder, your, your eyes flash back to normal, and, and you are, again, you're just back inside of the burning office looking up at Oliver Ray. Uh, 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 uh,
1: Oliver, uh, sh- sh- help me carry him.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, and I'm going to shift into something stronger so I can carry him more easily. Lovely, yeah, so uh,
2: make a shifting roll for me.
0: Uh, that's gonna be a five.
2: Amazing, yeah. So, uh, what what do you shift into?
0: Um, I think I kind of shift into a deer, and I kind of, uh, get my head, like, kind of underneath Doc's body and kind of use my antlers to kind of gently move him, kind of, so he's kind of slouched over my back. And then I kind of, uh, I kind of, uh, get alongside Dale and start to make my way out of the burning building.
1: Yeah, I, I help, I help get Doc's body onto the back of the deer and I just walk along with them. Hey everybody welcome. Those are my dice. (laughs) those are all my dice um hey everybody welcome back to rpg roulette the actual play rpg show where we are all the game master my name is keaton sample and on this show i play dale holson the formerly washed up vagabond who lived just outside of town currently deputy of the town of rusty peaks
3: my name is Luke Howard, and I play Jasper Hughes, and Rob Thomas did not have to go as hard as he did on Little Wonders for the uh, motion picture soundtrack for uh, Meet the Robinsons as, as he did, and I just want to say that we owe him a lot for that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Snaps to that. Snaps to that. Um, These twists and turns of
0: fate. I'm Hunter, and I know what you're thinking. Your character died well in case you didn't just notice i'm oliver ray now surprise (laughs) surprise
1: surprise
2: (laughs) surprise and hello everybody this is noah jones and on this show i play roy McCullen, uh the guy who just killed doc not not too long ago And I will also be uh, this episode's cow master as we venture further into the story of Red Bet.
1: We got new character. We got old GM. We got lots of dice on my
2: desk. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I think this episode, uh, well, I think the last episode's uh, emotional toll took about like 4,563,281 banjos to uh truly uh encapsulate how much it really hurt and how much it really uh meant to feel
0: doc's death
2: at least for me personally.
0: Same for me. I very much enjoyed playing doc and he's gone now, but I'm excited about my new character as well. So
2: well Without further ado, boys, are you ready to continue uh, figuring out what the fuck's happening with our people? Jasper, lying to your right, is a dead man having a piece of wood. Uh, did you pull the wood out of him last episode, or did you attempt to pull the wood out of him? I think or I, think I pulled the wood out,
3: and I tried to stop the bleeding, but mm-hmm. then it didn't, yeah, I couldn't stop the bleeding, so he just bled out. Yeah,
2: well, there, there's, a, there's a dude <coughs> lying next to you in some pretty strange clothes, uh, just a pool of blood uh, completely surrounding him. Uh, and then walking forth from the... Burning wreckage of Doc's office is a deer with Dale walking alongside it, trying to balance a body up upon the deer's back.
3: Yeah, I think Jasper is still in shock. Uh, he's just he's he's sitting there on his knees, looking just looking around. Yeah, I, I'm gonna
1: speak to Oliver and be like, uh, "Can you just like uh, carry him to the sheriff's office or maybe to the mayor's? I, I just I need to go home." For a bit.
0: Um, I think I, I don't change back to human. I just kind of nod my head and start walking towards the mayor's office.
1: And then I, I turn to Jasper. I, I think I just lay my hand on his shoulder and don't say anything. Do a nod and head back home.
2: Um, uh, as as this deer is walking through the streets of Rusty Peaks and Dale is meandering back towards the saloon, a, a crowd is starting to uh, form around the wreckage. Uh, and Sarah and uh, Mrs. Davidson run up to you, Jasper, and, and and Sarah like grabs you by the shirt and pulls you up to your feet. It's like, what? What, what just happened?
3: Uh, I just gesture. <laughs> I just wave my <laughs> hand and gesture.
2: Sarah looks at you with utter confusion, and I'm, I'm back at the wreckage, and Miss Davidson. Run to the well. Start start grabbing buckets. People, don't just stand around. we got to put this out. And uh, people start running around like crazy, trying to find buckets and things. Very reminiscent of, what was it, episode (laughs) three? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Dry Gulch. Dry Gulch. Except this is Rusty Peaks, and the people of Dry Gulch are uh, used to putting out fires at this point. And, uh, you know, the the fire doesn't seem to have spread to any of the other buildings. Um, Jasper... As you're seeing this just commotion of people running around, running to the wells, dumping water over the burning heaps, do you do anything? What, what, what do you do?
3: I think that Jasper just starts walking back to the saloon. Amazing,
2: yeah. Uh, everything is a blur, you know, you, you see people running around, uh, you see as you're walking by, you're pretty sure you pass Dusty, trying to organize people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you don't really hear anything. And you
1: do notice that Dale does not go into the saloon.
2: He he keeps walking. Mm. Well, Jasper, you you get back into the saloon. You walk right in. Uh there's nobody in the saloon. It's it's completely empty.
3: I walk by the bar and grab a fifth of whiskey and go up to my room and lay
2: in bed. So, Dale, you you walk past the uh, saloon where where are you heading uh
1: yeah i, I grabbed willie on the way because uh, he was he was outside the building um i made sure he was okay before i ran in at the end of the last episode um we, we head back to the tent it's still set up
2: i just don't live at it anymore i just i need to get away from town yeah you walk in as you flip the the flap open dust kind of kicks up it's it's been a little while since you've been in here You've probably visited it a few times over the past couple of months, but it's probably yeah. been a few weeks since the last time you've been here. I think I I go in,
1: I sit down for a second uh, where my bedroll used to be. I did pack up all my things. The tent's just still here. Um, but it only takes about five minutes of sitting and wallowing, and I just can't do that. So I, I, I grab my fishing pole that's still here, and I, I head to the little creek that's nearby, and I just start fishing.
2: Uh ex Sheriff Oliver Ray, you, you're in your deer form walking the streets of uh Rusty Peaks. Where where are you taking Doc's body?
0: Um, I think I take it to the uh sheriff's office and then once I get kinda back I kinda lower it down onto the ground and then change back to my human form and then carry the body inside and i think i kind of lay it in front of a desk um can i see if there's like a towel or like something to cover it up with basically
2: yeah sure make a make a uh i don't know frontier check for me
0: cool uh five
2: yeah uh inside one of the i don't know Three cells. I don't know if we've ever actually established how many cells are inside of the sheriff's office. We're just going to go three. three. Um, inside of the far left cell in the sheriff's office, there is a blanket that's just pulled up over a cot that's lined up in there.
0: Yeah, I go and grab that, and then I take it. I kind of spread over Doc Lewis's body, uh, and I think I just go and sit down in the chair behind the sheriff's desk, and I just kind of lean back in it, and I think I kind of just, you know, kind of put my hands on my temples and just kind of contemplate what I should do next.
2: Amazing. Dale, you've been fishing for a few hours now. The sun's starting to set over Rusty Peaks. What do you do?
1: Um, I feed Willie, the only fish that I caught. Um, Then I I head back to the tent and. Uh, we kind of talked about this before, where it's positioned. It's kind of on a hill, and I can I can see Rusty Peaks from the tent, kind of just just through the trees. And I, I look at the town. I see the billowing smoke uh, that is thinning out now um, from where Doc's office was blown up. Um, and I think hard about going back, but I, I open up the flap and I just brush off any sticks or rocks, and I go to bed right there on the ground. Uh, I think I spoon with Willie. Who's the big spoon and who's the little spoon? Willie's the big spoon. Come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jasper. You are uh, suddenly awoken by just loud banging on your on your door. Um, I'm very groggy. Um, I
3: think that part of me just forgot what I just went through. Like I was in such a deep sleep. I, th- I think I roll out of bed, get up, and I've I'd also been drinking a little bit, and so I, you know, half the bottle's gone. I walk over and say, "What is it?" Uh,
2: Jasper. Uh, fill up through the door. Uh, kind of yells out, "You in there?" Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in here. He he opens the door and kind of just. Takes a quick one up of you and realizes that you are definitely drunk and you know, well, you've you've been passed out for the past like twelve hours. Y- y- you doing all right? Um, do you have any more whiskey? How much you drank last night? is going to determine how I answer you.
3: Uh, I don't know. I look around and look for the bottle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you. I think the, li- the last
3: time he remembers. The last thing he remembers was having finished half the bottle. So I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know how much he drank since then. Yeah, you
2: you, you look around and uh, you see that there are two bottles on the table next to his bed, and across the room, splattered against the wall, uh, is the remains of a broken bottle.
3: Uh, looks like two and a half, two and a yeah. quarter maybe.
2: No. I got no more whiskey for you. You should head to the sheriff's office. I th- I think I think people are going to have questions and you're going to need to get to work.
3: How how am I supposed to answer questions when I don't even know what happened?
2: You're the lawman now. You got to come up with those answers somehow. Yeah, well we'll we'll cut to we'll cut to Oliver Ray then. Um at that point, what are what are you doing, Oliver?
0: I think uh Oliver stopped to kind of consider for a while um his kind of priority is still trying to find out you know what's going on with the black hand and stuff because he's obviously worried that you know they might have captured his god and be going to do who knows what to him or with him but i think ultimately he kind of decides you know right now there's not a whole lot he can do about that and i think he decides you know he's not 100 percent sure still what happened last night so he wants to go try and find Roy and talk to him sure
2: where where are you going to look for him
0: I think I would start by going to his house that would be kind of his first inclination
2: yeah so you head you head to the boot shop uh and you see that the front entrance to the boot shop the door is
0: wide open um I just I go in I don't knock I don't I just go straight in
2: you you walk in and it's dark and it's cold there's the service counter up at the front. Uh, you know, there's a couple of shelves with some boots and there's a chair with a you know, a mole that has a set of boots that looks like they're about halfway done. Uh, you see that the flap over at the service counter is uh flipped up and you see the door behind uh the counter where Roy's living quarters are. That door's wide open as well.
0: Um, I think I'm gonna call out Roy, uh, Solver, uh, we need to talk, you hear? Silence. I, I go into nothing. the, I go through the door into his living quarters. The room
2: is a mess.
0: Um, uh, the bed is
2: completely tore up. Uh, the sheets are on the floor. You see that there is a, uh, wooden box sitting on top of the bed, um, with papers strewn out all around. Uh, the furnace in the room is cold. And the door on the far side, the leading back to the outside on the back end of the house is wide open.
0: Um, I think I go, I kind of look out that door. I glance around. I don't see him, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. I think yeah. at that point, I kind of, I decide to kind of put this on the back burner because I don't have any other immediate ideas for where he would be. Uh, I'll do, I want to just glance around the room real quick, just see if there's anything abnormal. So I can roll for that if you want. Yeah,
2: make, make a frontier roll for me
0: uh 4
2: 4 yeah again the, the room is messy um uh, but uh, outside of that on top of that give me a hoodoo roll
0: Ooh. uh 7
2: the room is cold the room is very cold but outside of noticing that it's messy and the room feels colder than it should be i mean yeah we're we're entering into the winter season but it's still not far enough that it really should be this cold but it could just be a drafty shop who knows?
0: Oliver did briefly encounter... I can't... That one ice creature? Yeah. Yeah. Is this kind of the same sensation he felt when he was around that? Does he kind of...
2: No, that, that had a harsh coldness to it. This room just feels cold.
0: Empty. Okay. Um. I think since I didn't find anything abnormal, I think I'm going to head back and start to go to where the funeral's going to be and just kind of see maybe... You know, I'll try and find Roy later.
2: Yeah, so we'll we'll cut back to um, Jasper and Philip uh, after after Philip refuses to give you any more alcohol, he he heads back downstairs uh, into the saloon. Uh, what do you do? Do you follow him? Do you go back into your room?
3: I I heartedly get dressed. I mean, I put on some clean clothes. I mean, I'm not. I understand now what I'm doing. Like I I have my I have my thoughts together. I don't I mean I don't know exactly what happened, but like I know that I've got to be presentable. Um so I put on some somewhat clean clothes, put on my hat and head down.
2: Yeah, you, you you walk you walk downstairs and I mean again, the saloon's completely empty. Uh Phillips on the saloon side of the the bar instead of on the back and he's like good you cleaned up i was afraid i'd have to force you to get washed i'm not a child philip well you'll always be that little boy running around trying to fill your father's boots (laughs) yeah about to head to you know gonna head to the town hall miss davidson set up a small memorial i think she cleaned up the body as best she could be a good thing for you to show up there
3: yeah I'll do that. I I walk out.
2: Philip kind of follows closely behind you, places a hand on your shoulder just to kind of give you some inkling of support and uh, walks you to the town hall. Um, So how big is it? Not the building. I
1: I feel like, I mean, Doc was probably the doctor for most people in town.
2: Um, Town hall, the town hall is completely filled. The the town hall doubles both as... The uh, the town church meeting place on Sundays, uh, where all of the uh, you know town hall meetings are held. It's where the office of the mayor is, but I mean like there is essentially a line out the door. It is filled with hundreds of people. All of the native Rusty Peaks people are there. Uh, most of the Dry Gulch people are there too. Uh, most of them have gotten to know Doc and still uh, think very highly of him for helping put out the fire in their old town and for patching up most of the people who sustained any injuries. So yeah, I I mean, there's a few hundred people bordering on a thousand people, I would say. Most everybody in town is here. Well, I think Dale's already there. I think when Jasper walks in, he sees,
1: if he glances around, Dale uh, up in the front row, just kind of clutching a few pieces of paper that he had um, had Rusty help him transcribe.
3: <laughs> I think I make my way to Dale, and I sit down next to him, and I say, "Now what's that?
1: Uh, just some, some words I've prepared. Uh, well, then I,
3: I don't think you'll be needing yeah. those. I'm sure you've got this by heart. Seeing as how you can't read.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I, I show you the first page, and it's got a bunch of... It's got the words, but a lot of symbols and underlines on inflections and stuff to uh, kind of help me if I, if I get lost. I go, uh, yeah, Rusty helped me out, but it's really just a backup. Yeah. Jasper, um, you trust me, right?
3: Yeah, Dale. I trust you. Good. Dale, what... I was out the door. What... What happened in there?
1: uh, (laughs) uh, Doc used that book again, and it blew up. Uh, But that's not what killed him.
2: It was it was Roy. At about this time, uh, Mayor Dusty Harris kind of walks up to the podium, straightens his white hat, and kind of clears his throat. (coughs) Well, uh, I guess we should uh, get this started. Now's as good a time as any. I've had the pleasure of knowing Doc, Dr. Lewis, uh, pretty pretty personally, over the past few months, him being one of the main people, saving our old town of Dry Gulch and getting all of us people back here and resettled. Uh, I know I ain't been mayor long, and I ain't been in this town of yours for too long, neither, but I know for a fact that Dr. Lewis was a key figure in this town, uh, if... Anybody has any words or stories or anything that they want to share about Doc's life or experiences with him? We'll just, I know I ain't got nothing else to do today. Love to hear what people have to say. And he kind of takes a few steps back, sits down. There's a chair up at the front of the thing next to uh, a dark brown casket that's closed. Uh, and he kind of motions to the podium to see if anybody wants to say anything. Mrs. Davidson kind of walks up to the podium and gets up there and straightens her little tie that she's wearing and o- opens and closes her mouth a few times and then just starts bawling, shaking her head and then walks back down and sits back in the audience, not really being able to say anything. I mean, there is just this sense of dread and stupor, a weight that is sitting in the hall. Nobody else really makes a move to say anything.
3: I think Jasper stands up, <clears throat> and he walks up on stage. He takes his hat off, um, and he looks around at everybody, and he says, uh, Dr. Scott Lewis came to us by way of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, he helped deliver me. He watched me grow up. He watched me make decisions that I'm proud of and decisions I'm not proud of, just as I'm sure he did... He was there, and he saw many of you. Um, I think that, in a way, I would describe him as steadfast. He's as much a part of this town as, well, anything that you might find in the dirt or the air or down in the mines. He is a cornerstone of this community. Was, at least. I'll remember him fondly. And then I I sit down.
2: You you hear some murmuring. You you hear some sniffles. People nodding. But again... so after after you uh, sit down, Almer Barnes sits up, uh, stands up, takes his hat off, kind of walks up to you, Jasper, and puts his hand on your shoulder and shakes it a little bit, then walks up to the podium, his little bowler hat clutched tightly in his hands. Well, uh, you know, uh, I've known Doc for a good portion of my life as well. Whenever my wife was real sick with the measles, he was... They're helping her recover with all his fancy potions and doodads and everything. I I just didn't even know how to even begin to take care of her. And, well, I, I know that this is a hard time for everybody. We ain't lost somebody so old and so wise in quite a while. And, well, I just know that we'll be able to make through it. I, I will. This this town is, is, is a strong one. We, we've been through a lot. Especially recently, and I mean, not to say that this isn't hard. This is this is real hard and and real heavy, but we'll make it through, even if it is just for him. Because I I know that that Dr. Lewis would would want us to not get hung up on himself. And well, I mean, I'm just rambling now at this point. But just Rusty Peaks is strong. He kind of puts his bowler hat back on and waddles back into the audience.
1: After a second, I uh, I look to Jasper. I nod my head and I say, uh, trust you too, bud. And I, uh, I stand up and I I head up to the podium. Um, and I sprawl out my, my notes that I probably won't be able to read, um, up on the podium. Uh, hey, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for, uh, it warms my heart to see so many of you here. Uh, (laughs) Doc Lewis, uh, was a good friend of mine. (laughs) But, you know, it, it wasn't always that way. You see, I think, uh... I might be one of the only ones here old enough to still remember the day that Doc came to town. (laughs) You see, there I was, some 35 years old, still shining shoes at the saloon while my ma wiped down the tables. And then one day, this fancy man from the big city out east walks in Dr. Scott Lewis. It looked like he had his whole life together. He had a medical degree, and he, he said he was going to start a, a doctor's office right here in our small little town. Uh, I'd like to say that uh, we became friends quickly, uh, but that that wasn't the case. <laughs> uh, the truth is, I I kind of hated Doc for a long time, which uh, might surprise you if you've seen us around lately, but the truth is, I, uh, I didn't live a prosperous, fancy life, but I was always jealous of him. Uh, I grew to hate him because well, I uh, i didn't want to admit that he was better than me. But I can do that now. Scott Lewis was a better man than I will ever be. And this town is better for having had him. You see, uh, if there's one thing that was true about Doc, it's that... He loved this town. He loved this community. Uh, he, he truly cared for his patients. Despite me and him not really ever getting along he he was the one who was there for me when my mama died when my memory started failing me and uh, the man was always doing what he thought was right when one of his patients not too long ago was kidnapped uh, even though it wasn't his job and he was into his 60s he got up and he left his practice behind to help find and rescue that boy Uh, doc was always trying to do what he thought was right for everyone he was truly a selfless man, and I'm glad that I eventually grew to call him a friend. Doc let an example that we should all follow, and now it's time for me to follow his example. You see, I'm here as two people today. <laughs> One is Dale, friend of Doc, but also as your deputy to Rest of Peaks. Scott Lewis did not die in vain. He died abruptly and somewhat unexpectedly, it can't be denied, but his demise has taught me and I think it will teach all of us a very valuable lesson. Now I know you all have questions and I'm sure we'll have time to answer them in thorough detail, but you see Doc, Doc got messed up in some nasty stuff before he died. His past finally caught up to him out here in Utah and it led him to do some things that Some might not have agreed with, however, I truly do believe that he thought wholeheartedly and believed he was doing everything he could for Rusty Peaks. But you see, he didn't tell us at the law office, his friends, about what he was going through, and that lack of information shared is what led to his demise. And i don't want to see that happen to anyone else which is why now i need to speak to you as deputy and share some information that we have been keeping from you because we believed we could do it on our own and that that would be the best for everyone but if doc's death has taught us anything it's that if we don't share information how can we know how to help each other if we don't know what we're going through how can we be prepared for what comes next And so that's why with a heavy heart and i i pause for a second and i I just make eye contact with Jasper for a little bit, and then I just glance back to the crowd and I go, uh, I need to share some truths with you. There has not been an uprise in bear population in the Cattlewood Forest. That was a lie that we told you to keep you out. The truth is there are things far more dangerous in the forest than bears. And I know this is going to sound crazy, especially coming from Dale Olsen, (laughs) but there are monsters beyond your worst nightmare in the forest. And they have led to the death of the mayor's former assistant, Jacob Wellington, and the disappearance of a tourist in town from Salt Lake named Joseph Campbell. These monsters are real and they're scary and they have set their eyes on our town for some reason. And we are still trying to figure out what that reason is, but uh, the truth is lies aren't gonna get us anywhere and you all deserve to know the truth. And the truth is that these monsters in the woods are not the biggest threat to us because there is another kind of monster also in the woods in the form of a gang known as the black hand they have also set their eyes on our our town they they want what we have in this strong community and i believe that they are willing to do anything to claim it for their own This is hard to say, and I know that half of you aren't believing me. And I need to just reveal one more truth. And if you have any specifying questions, please come up to me or share a few afterwards. But there's one more thing that that is incredibly important that we should finally just shed the tape on. I know that some of you believe that the O'Hara family escaped from town under guise of a train wrecked traveling circus that led animals into our town. But i am here to tell you that that was not the truth the o'hara family in fact were visitors from another world they were shape-shifting visitors from another world and they had not kidnapped emmett for any sort of satanic rituals but instead for a way to try to make it back home and we in the sheriff's department helped them get home in exchange for emmett's life and his safety and i know that. All of this sounds crazy, and it sounds weird, and you're probably not going to believe me, which is why I would like to ask the former sheriff of Rusty Peaks, Oliver Ray, to join me on stage now, and I I, I
2: reach my hand out towards Oliver. The the auditorium is silent. You you see people looking at each other very confused, but, I mean, a, a pin could drop and you could hear it.
0: Um, so I think that Oliver has been kind of sitting on the front row, um, and he was just kind of listening attentively like everyone else. Uh, and I think once Dale kind of says this, you know, Oliver kind of stares at the ground for a couple of seconds, and then he stands up and goes and walks up on stage next to Dale.
1: Thank you, Oliver. Now, Oliver here was a member of the O'Hara family who stayed behind. And now to prove that I have not completely lost my mind yet. Oliver, would you mind?
0: Yeah, I, uh, I gotcha. Um, so I rolled a seven and I shapeshift into just a huge tiger. I want just a huge animal to just blow like this is no gimmick or trick like, you know.
2: As soon as you shift, these people have most of the people in the town have never seen a tiger before. And, I mean, the everybody in the front couple, couple of rows jumps up out of the pews and it starts, like, fighting their way back. Uh, there, there is a lot of commotion, a lot of screaming. Uh, the, the, the room is just filled with a lot of chaotic energy as nobody really knows what just happened.
1: Uh, now, everyone, settle down, settle down. If, I, I ensure you, if Sheriff Ray uh, wished any harm upon any of you, it would have happened by now. He is a member of this town just as any of us are. Um, you, you can change back now, Oliver.
0: I changed back.
1: Now, I uh, uh, listen to me, folks. I'm not doing this to cause an uproar or a panic. I understand how that can be our first human nature. But remember the story I told about Doc. I, I am sharing this information in order to get us all on the same page because the truth is there are, are scary things happening right now. And if we don't work together, it might lead to our demise as well but i have utmost faith in this town i have lived here my whole life i know that we have been through hell and high water and we can get through this too but we have to do it together we have to be on the same page the coming weeks are going to be hard and they're going to be trying but if we do this together we can survive and fend back anyone who wants to take our home away from us so please if you are of able body and mind please come to the sheriff's department later this evening We are Rusty Peaks, small mining town, North Utah. We have survived this long. We will continue to survive. And let us all continue in the path that Dr. Lewis led us down, doing what is right and what is best for this community. That's all. And I take up my
2: papers and uh, hope that people have settled down. (laughs) What are people doing? It got quieter. People haven't necessarily settled down. Most of the room has now moved as far into the back as possible uh i think at about this time almer barn is going to take off his hat again is going to walk up to you dale let's kind of walk up and look at you kind of grab the front of your shirt and shake you a little bit uh, I, I don't even know what to think
1: uh, trust me almer uh, i've went through the exact same thing that you're going through right now when once i became privy to all this information what, what, what do we do well we accept that what is true is true and we do something about it
2: we fight almer puts his bowler hat back on kind of shakes his head I, I i don't know if i can and he turns around and Ulmer, starts to walk out if of if i can do it anyone can he kind of stops in, in the middle of the aisleway, looks at you seems very lost in thought and then kind of turns and keeps walking out and, and you hear a lot of murmuring and people just kind of start shuffling out of the town hall. The the thought of Doc's death is the weight of that has definitely been lifted with a new, much scarier and heavier weight placed on the shoulders of the town. Dusty kind of walks up to you guys. Well, uh, that was uh, that was definitely something to say. I, I assume I'm near Jasper again. Oh yeah, y'all are like all kind of, you, Jasper, Dusty, and Oliver kind of centered around in the front of the middle aisle uh, up at the front pew next to the podium with Doc's casket behind you guys. Uh,
1: Well, my my mom always said it was better to ask for forgiveness than
2: permission. Well, we got a lot to think about, a lot to prepare for, but you too, and I guess you as well ex-sheriff have got a lot of things to prepare for. Where's Roy? I thought that he'd be here and I mean he don't seem to be one who's got a whole lot to say but I figured he'd at least be here to show support. I think the fact that he's not here
1: speaks volumes. I think it's best if we keep moving without him.
2: Dusty looks very confused but kind of shakes his head. Well I'll, I'll go talk to Mr. Marley and I think that Hopefully we'll have his gravesite all set up here in the next little while. And we probably could use your help lowering him down. And I don't think we'll be able to get a whole lot of other people to do anything right now. Just we give got him. a rhinoceros over here.
1: So <laughs> Just give him time, Mayor. We all went through this when we learned what was going on. And we all came out better on the other end. Um, I think I take my deputy badge off my hat, though, and I, I hand it to Jasper. <laughs> And i uh, or I like i don't, I have it stick out i I assume you're angry At what uh you know going behind your back and telling everyone everything
3: Dale there are things in this world that I don't even begin to pretend to understand, but one thing I do understand about this world is the power of the truth, and sometimes it can cause a whole lot of fear and insecurity and doubt but i think that the truth is always told with the best in mind and for that i can't fault you i don't take your badge okay
1: uh, i i take it back and i adorn it on top my head then i go well uh We're bound to be flooded with a bunch of questions, but I, like I said to Almer, if I can do it, anyone can. If me, of all people, ended up deputy, uh, we need more people. We just do us, Sarah, uh, Graham, Rusty. It's not enough to take down the Black Hand. Uh, And we can't make a real deal with them. Uh, You know it, I know it. So hopefully we'll be a little more united and be able to actually make a stand now. I don't know what to do about Roy. Uh, I'm just going to say that now before it comes up. Uh, I don't know where he went. And frankly, I'm not sure I want him to return.
0: Well, I'll just go ahead and say I don't understand everything that I saw happen in Doc's office, but I know one thing. It, was I saw Roy kill him. And I just, I'm going to give him a chance and let him speak his piece when I see him. But. I just don't know if I can trust a man after you work alongside someone like that through all that we've been through to then kill him like that.
3: Effective immediately I'm putting out a warrant for the arrest of Roy McCollum. Not in the my murder head of Doc Lewis.
1: Alright. Well,
2: what
3: now? We got a friend to bury.
2: You all you all head to the town town graveyard. Uh mister Mr Gregory Marley and uh and mayor dusty are uh, there the two of them are there having already finished digging the hole uh, the three of you guys come bearing uh, doc's casket As you guys uh, i didn't think i was to... allowed
1: to do this unless my name was paul <laughs> i had to make one dale joke it's been such a heavy episode
2: <laughs> you all you all get to uh, the grave site and after a little bit of straining you guys are able to slowly lower the coffin into the ground and with the uh, five of you all dig in it doesn't take very long till the earthen heap is flat and on top of the now uh, buried dock at the uh, head of his grave there is not not an ornate tombstone it's small small rectangle. And on there just says Here lies Dr. Scott Lewis Cornerstone of Rusty Peaks And the five of y'all just Are standing there As the sun begins to set Two men walk up To uh, the gravesite Uh, Mr. Sheriff Jasper, you look up and it is uh, snarl, Brow And Double Fang Your two friends from The old Cattlewood Coyote Gang Hey how are you? Uh... They both kind of look at each other. All right, I guess. Just been holed up at the O'Hara house. Uh Why uh, aren't you there? The captain wants to speak to you. Fifteen miles south of Rusty Peaks, the once abandoned St. Lucia's Abbey is teeming with life. Dozens of horses line the stables... Large cages surround both the outer wall and inner courtyard. Most are covered with black sheets, growls and screeches coming out from underneath. Armed hooded figures mill about, guarding every entrance and exit. Now, I'm gonna ask you one last time. How were you able to take on human form? The barbed crimson appendage protruding from Bonnie McCullen's back presses further into the cheek of Elder James Campbell, drawing even more blood from his already cut and bloody face. Tears streaming from his eyes, his slender frame extended into the pose of the cross, with heavy metal chains anchoring him to the front of the altar, next to an unconscious man with long pointed ears. Elder Campbell whispers, I, I already told you. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just a traveling preacher from the Church of Latter day Saints. I-, I received a message from God telling me to spread the word to the town of Rusty Peaks. Uh, honest to goodness, I-, I never heard the name Ornias until I reached this place. Bonnie's claws tear across the elder's face, then disappear once again behind her back. Her eyes shift from a dark, pupilless blood red back to the ghostly pale eyes signature to the McCullen family tree. <laughs> She chuckles as she wipes blood off of the priest's collar around her neck. Well, while that might be what you think, Elder Campbell, the being taking your meat suit for a joyride would disagree. That was no vision from God. He hasn't spoken to mere mortals in a couple thousand years. That vision came from the extra-dimensional spirit currently tethered to your body. The the, the Elder just kind of looks in disbelief. Who are you people? You know who we are, Ornias. Your brother and Shadow. Once he showed us true power, we became his agents here on Earth. The Black Hands of Azrael, our Dark Father, leading humanity to a bigger and more unified multiverse. <laughs> At least that's what he whispers in my ear. All I truly care about is seeing what else is really out there. At this moment, a black hand foot soldier bursts the heavy oak doors into the sanctuary. "Uh, Miss Bonnie, we have a bit of a- uh!" The man's words are cut short as a tendril of darkness bursts through his chest, then throws the body aside. Roy McCullen, eyes black as midnight, storms into the sanctuary. Three black tendrils erupting from his back. Mother, you have a lot of explaining to do.
4: All right, everyone. This is uh, this is <laughs> Kermit the Frog. Just chiming in. To uh, I'm the I'm the producer for the podcast. I just wanted to say this this was a great episode. You guys all did a really good job. Uh, I just wanted to see how everyone's feeling at the end. I know these these couple few episodes have been pretty stressful. Uh, I just was I was just curious about how you're feeling. Uh, how's everybody doing?
1: Oh, oh hey Kermit. Uh oh, it's good it's good to hear from you, man. I, I haven't in a while. Um, you know I. It, it kind of sucks losing Doc and also kind of Roy, um, but you know I, I think it's leading towards towards you know we got 15 episodes left. Uh, I feel like we're heading yeah. down a, mm-hmm. a good climactic path.
4: Yeah, I think that uh, I think that you guys are doing a pretty good job. Um, it's it's straying further and further from from what we decided uh, about how we were going to. You know, turn this into a uh, Henson Disney uh, collaboration, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you know, I, I mean, mean it's uh, getting pretty dark. Um, so I I was just I just wanted to remind you all that we are trying to uh, keep it light here at the Disney
1: Corporation. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, hey, listen, I I know that we're planning on doing this all in puppet form afterwards. But I mean, do you hear that stuff about the dark tendrils? I mean, imagine the puppet work with that. Come on,
2: that's that's gonna look totally badass just you know having having tendrils of shadow coming out of roy's back like that's going to be really fun on a puppet yeah
4: boys i'm just i'm worried that uh that the big wigs over at the uh, disney corporation aren't going to be able to shoot us the funds to do that kind of uh cgi work um I mean, you damn know, it push, uh, puppets. kermit puppets
1: we are making art here we are not pandering to the people this will win uh,
0: so many awards we're telling a real story However, if you subscribe to our Patreon right now, we will pander to you so much. Like, forget everything we just said. Like, if you give us money, what, whatever you want, it can be yours.
1: Wait, you guys, you guys have a, a Patreon? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, since, since the, uh, you know, it costs a lot of money to make this show, and uh, I know Wait, the- sorry,
4: are you, are you, if you're monetizing this, then we can't technically work together.
1: No, 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 no. It's just for, like, the fun. I know we were gonna get paid after, but we needed the money to, like, to, like, do it, you know?
4: Uh, guys, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna have to pull the plug on this. No! Uh, Disney Disney and the Henson Company are officially out. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Can't ever trust a freaking well, frog.
0: Without the Muppet money, there will be no episode 26. I hope you have enjoyed this journey <laughs> the muppet money <Bunny. laughs> hey guys i just got back from the
3: bathroom what what was that about i luke, thought i heard kermit. luke
1: you're not gonna believe this but kermit got on the call we got canceled got
3: like, hunter did you bring up the patreon hunter brought up the
1: yeah. Patreon. yeah I, it.
3: It.
0: <sighs> I, I thought i could slip it by him you know but he's an he's observant like, frog you literally like said patreon
1: thing. You know that we always submit. Well, I always in the edit put the Patreon announcement at a frequency that puppets can't hear.
0: Hey, Kermit's a snitch. Well, let's turn right. on
1: that puppet frequency. <laughs> Tell you from our
0: Patreon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just lost a whole lot of Muppet money, folks. So hey, we're counting on you to keep this show going. You can head on over to Patreon.com/slashRPGRoulette uh, to support the show. Starting at just two dollars a month, you get access to all of our bonus content, including RPG Roulette Hot Table, where Luke leads us through the Troika system, as well as our newest Troika. series. RPG Roulette Nickel, where Noah leads us through the Pokemon 5e system. It's a lot of fun. It's great. And as always, thanks to our high rollers, Tabor TCU, and Mr. Grant Howell for helping support the show. You can tweet about the show, follow us, all that. Now let's get to deciding who gets to choose what's going to happen next and be our oh. next game master. And let me pull oh. up the wheel. That hey, did you hey, not hey, have is a is it, time? Is it, time? Fight. Is it time Is it time?
3: I did my Kermit the Frog voice so that you would have enough time to get that ready, and you just didn't. <laughs> I was having fun <laughs> playing with Kermit. <laughs>
1: it's time to spin.
3: uh, every time we say that we stray further from god (laughs) well just like the black hand guess hey
1: guess who it is this will be fun there's four there's five options
0: it's a split i i think it's going to be
1: me it is you (laughs) Hey. Uh, yeah. Luke is in the lead with most episodes left, uh, with one, two, three, four, five episodes left, including the next episode twenty-six. Behind him, we have me and Hunter with three episodes left, and then now Noah only has two more episodes. And also, there's a That's split. Scary. Holy
4: cannoli! Mm-hmm. I was really That's glad, glad it wasn't that. That's a spicy
1: meatball. It wasn't. Close. Oh yeah, that would have been really. It, it wasn't really close bad. to split, but every episode we go, it's like, especially the more we're getting into like heavy content, the more I'm just terrified of a split episode. It was great for a train heist, you know, but imagine doing yep. this episode as a split episode.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it would have been, I mean, I, I intentionally wrote myself out of the episode just <laughs> so I could put as much brain power into making sure I could get everything with you guys dealing with your grief so that I didn't, ha- we, that, that's like I was pushing Roy to a future episode. Let's deal with that shit later. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um,
1: yes, let's deal with that shit later. Next time on chapter 26 of RPG Roulette, Red Bet.